Well, good morning, everybody. How are we all doing? I said, good morning, everybody. How are we all doing? Good to see you all. Hey, let's do some worship to the Lord today. We're going to start off with a good song called, Whom Shall I Fear? We should fear nobody. We have God on our side. You hear me when I call In the morning song The darkness fills the night You cannot hide the light Whom shall I fear? You crush the enemy Underneath my feet You are my sword and shield Trembling steel, whom shall I fear? I know who goes before me, I know who stands behind the God of angels' armies is always by my side, the one who reigns forever, he is a friend of mine, the God of armies is always by my side. That's right. Amen, everybody. You call in your name. You alone can say you will deliver me in yours the victory. Whom shall I fear? is always by my side the one who reigns forever he is a friend of mine the god of angels armies always by my side and i i know who goes before me i know who stands behind 
Amen. It's great to know that he's always by our side, right? To have a situation where he's not is a, is a lonely place. So we have a place where he's always here. And welcome to church today. Uh, we have a nice, cool day for once, right? Isn't that nice? It's kind of nice, right? Kind of shivering a little bit, but that's okay. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a time of year where we start to feel the nice, cool weather, and it's, it's wonderful. So good to see you all. I hope you're, uh, you're going to enjoy this service. It's going to be really nice. We have a great message for you.
Jesus, a name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever save. Worthy of every breath who could ever breathe. We live for you. I heard Letty say, go Dodgers, in the uh, parking lot. So, You know, I'm really excited about Pastor Gary's sermon today. It's called Living Fully Persuaded. And I think it has a really important message for all of us Dodgers fans, all right, after last night, okay? We got to stay in faith. We got to believe. We can't give up hope, all right? Right, exactly. Um, well, anyway, it's so good to see you all uh, this sun beautiful Sunday morning. It's nice that it's cooler. Uh, we've got a lot of people on the lawn and in the parking lot. I hope all of you at home are having a great week, a uh, great start to the week. Uh, yeah, so we have uh, just a few announcements. Um, elementary, uh, Margaret's going to be teaching week two on all of my past today on Facebook at 1130. Yeah, it's uh, really good. Um, and then uh, I am going to be interviewing Pastor Gary George. Whoa. Sorry, the wind really got my notes there. Pastor Gary George, uh, today at 12.30 on YouTube, and I'm telling you, it's powerful. You're not going to want to miss it. I had so much fun. It's already recorded. We're going to premiere it at 12.30. It is so much fun. He has such good insights. He really opens up, really, honestly, about what it was exactly uh, that brought him to Christ and what it was that he had to overcome in high school. And I'm telling you, it's powerful. I was God spoke to him. God really spoke to him. So... Please watch that. Uh, just one note, next week uh, we're not going to have an elementary and toddler lesson on Facebook. We're just going to take one week off uh, for the children's church teachers, but we'll be back the following week. Um, then the election, um, you know, we're, we have this uh, election coming up on November 3rd. We want to just make sure that you all are registered to vote. I guess it's too late now if you're not. Um, but, you know, make sure you vote on November 3rd. You have a lot of options. You can uh, mail in your ballot. You can drop it off at a voting center. You can um, go to a voting center, uh, you know, to vote in person if you want. Uh, so just make sure you're doing all that. And then there's also a way if a lot of people are concerned, they're like, well, is my ballot really going to get there if I put it in the mail? Well, there's a place where you can track your ballot to make sure that it gets there. It's called Where's My Ballot? 
.sos.ca.gov. And Bill's going to put it on the screen for those at home. And you can just Google, where's my ballot, California, in Google. And uh, you know you can put in your name and your birth date and your zip code. And it will email you when your ballot is received and counted. And incidentally, there was a big celebration at our house uh, this past week because we put our ballot in the mail on Monday, and it was received and counted on Friday. So we were really excited about that. Thank you. OK. Uh, so I just wanted to also remind you, we need to, as Christians, speak out on moral issues and not let the government take away those from us. Historically, as the government expands and as socialism increases, the role of the church uh, um, in society and religious liberty contracts. It diminishes. So we need to be thinking about that. Um, we, have, um, we have taken God out of the government and out of education and out of all other aspects of our society. And then we have a tendency to blame him when things go wrong. We, God has not left us. We have left God. So with this election, we really need to stand for the truth. And we can't back down because we might be attacked or people may not like it. It says in John 15, 19, if you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of it, the world hates you. So we have to remember that when we stand for truth, we can't back down because we're not, we're in this world, but we're not of it. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to actually pray for the election. We're going to pray today together corporately, you know, that God would use this election uh, for truth and for righteousness and that his will be done. OK, so if you join me in prayer, we're going to do that right now. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you, Father, for the opportunity to vote, to be in a country where we can choose our leaders, Father, where we can worship you as we please, Father, and that we have religious freedom, Father, so that we can take our faith wherever we go, into the voting booth, into the government, into school, into work, Father. Lord, with this election coming up, Father, we know how important it is, Father, and we just thank you that you are at work on our behalf, Father. Lord, that you would just help us all, give us discernment in who we should vote for, Father. Lord, give us discernment in what to say to our friends and our family to help them know what the truth is and to vote for the right candidate that would implement um, just policies uh, that uh, are consistent with our biblical values, with a biblical worldview, Father Lord. We just love you so much, and we just have faith and know that you are working on our behalf and that you are going to do a great and mighty work on Election Day on November 3rd, Father, and that you are going to bring our country back to you, Father Lord, that there will be a revival in this land, Father, and we are, we are just in the midst of it, and we are just beginning um, this revival, Father, and we just pray that that revival begins on November 3rd. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, so just a reminder, uh, there's some pamphlets here uh, with the party positions and the presidential candidate positions side by side on the table you can grab, um, and you can grab them for your friends and family too if you want. Uh, you can go to decisionmagazine.com and just click the menu for current issue, and you'll find all about um, just what's at stake in this election and all the um, important issues uh, that you need to focus on. Uh, you can also go to electionforum.com. And you have to click the menu, and then you click Election, Voter Guide, California, and L.A. County, and that will have some of your state and local races and some of the judicial candidates. 
and then SaveCalifornia.com for the propositions. And if you just click the banner, Pro Family Election Center, that will give you all the information that you need. Um, okay, so then next is Operation Christmas Child. We have some boxes. I meant to get a plastic box but um, to show you because we have these really cool plastic boxes. Dad, can you go grab me a plastic box inside real quick? Or Sully, can you grab me a plastic box while I make the announcement? Um, so the boxes are due November 22nd. So they're out here uh, right in front of the stairs. You can grab them. They're COVID-free. They're clean. Um, so that way you don't have to worry about spreading germs. Uh, and then they're due back November 22nd. I wanted to give you a few statistics. I was reading a letter that from Samaritan's Purse that just tells you exactly how much impact that this has had. In the last, okay, first of all, these boxes, see here's this, this is what the plastic box looks like for everybody. So we get these free this year, all right? They're so cool. It's like kids can use it as a pail of water to get clean water. These boxes can go places where missionaries can't. So these boxes are actually reaching the unreached. They're reaching the unreached, all right? So these boxes are so important. Places where the government doesn't allow, um, you know, the spread of the gospel. And then in the last two years, these boxes have helped plant 2,000 churches in 73 different countries. Um, and over the life of the program, it was started in 1993, um, these boxes have gone to 178 million children in 170 countries. And they don't just get the box, they get an opportunity to go through the greatest journey, which is a, dis uh, uh, a discipleship program, a multi-week discipleship program. And through that, 11 and a half million children have come to faith in Jesus Christ through these boxes. So it's more than just giving kids a gift. It's really giving them the gift of Jesus Christ. So just be remembering that. You can get more boxes. They're due November 22nd. And then lastly, tithing. If you want to tithe, there's a red box here on uh, at the welcome table. You can give online to, uh, and Bill's going to put up the, the website. It's newheartforyou.com slash give dash online. Or you can mail a check to 380 East Covina Boulevard, Covina, California, 91722. Uh, also, I wanted to mention personal time with pastor, PTP time, is still every Tuesday and Thursday from 10 to 2. You can also pick up a, a Meritans Purse gift box for those at home who aren't able to come to service every week. Um, so please make use of that time. It's been actually a blast. I know a lot of people have been here on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, I mean, not too many people, but enough where it's, you know, it's a small group of people where it's a lot of fun. It's safe, it's socially distanced, and it's just a way for you to still keep staying connected to the church if you're not able to make it on Sunday morning, all right? So now, um, what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to give the youth sermon uh, this week for all the youth that are here. We got a lot of youth here on the lawn. How you doing, youth? You excited to be here? You're tired. They're tired. They're always tired. They're young. They're growing. Okay, so... Uh, about a month or two ago, I did a sermon on UBU. Does anyone remember that, the youth sermon on UBU? Well, now I've got another one. This is like a sequel. It's called Don't Hate. Anyone ever hear that that slogan or that phrase, don't hate? You ever hear it? Does anyone know what it means? Yeah, we know what it means, right? It's a popular saying these days, but what does hate mean? And conversely, what does love mean? Because what I've noticed, I'm an attorney, all right, and I'm an expert in language, or at least I'm supposed to be. And um, people often will use a phrase or a word, 
and they actually have they they mean different things. They're saying the same words, but they, it has different meanings. And you know, when I think of of the idea of love, I think of the song. You know, we all learn at a young age: "Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so." Well, when I was young, my grandmother used to sing that song to me as I went to sleep, and she would scratch my back. And when I think of God's love, that's what I think of. I think of my grandmother scratching my back, singing Jesus loves me as I go to sleep. In that moment, I really felt like God loved me because it was so peaceful and so serene um, to hear my grandmother's words while I fell asleep. But, you know, today the world has it backwards. When we say don't hate or that we should love each other, the world's definition of love and hate is different than God's definition of love and hate. The world defines love as letting someone do whatever they want to do, which is essentially a license to sin, because we all have a fleshly nature. For those who hold an objective, to an objective moral truth or moral standard, the world says that we are haters, because we essentially violate this definition of love. We're not in favor of letting people do whatever they want to do. 1 Corinthians 13.1 says that love is patient and kind. I want you to note, the Bible never talks about tolerance of sin. God is not tolerant of sin. He is patient with those who are violating his rules and his laws. Hebrews 12.6 also says, For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. God's love for us is not about letting us do whatever we want. God's love for us is about removing sin from our lives in a patient and peaceable manner. But the problem is, is if, if we don't turn to him, if we don't love him, if we don't um, forsake our sin, God is also a God of judgment and a God of justice. Um, Hebrews 12.10 says he disciplines us for our good, that we may uh, share in his holiness. The whole point of God's love is to get us to be able to share in his holiness so that we, we may eventually be able to dwell with him forever. Um, it says in Job 34.12 that the Almighty will not pervert justice. In Psalm 9.8, it says he judges the world in righteousness and he judges the people with uprightness. Psalms 5.4 says, for you are not a God who delights in wickedness. Evil may not dwell with you. Here's the thing. God loves us so much that he wants to be with us, not only in this life, but forever. And the problem is, is if we sin, if we follow our fleshly nature, we're not able to dwell with God because he cannot dwell with evil and he cannot dwell with sin. So, see, God in his infinite love for us, he cannot tolerate sin. And so a true definition of love is not letting us do whatever we want or allowing us to sin, but it's to help us remove that sin from our life so that we, we may dwell with him not only in this life, but forever. And so that's what I just want to tell, tell you all. When you hear the term don't hate, be careful. No one wants us, you know, the Bible isn't saying that we should hate our neighbor. But the thing is, is we need to understand the true definition of love and what that means for us in our life. Because the world will lead us astray and tell us that hate means one thing and love means another, and that's not accurate. So 
So don't get wrapped up in the language and don't get confused. You know, know what the Bible really says about love and be able to spot when someone is using the term hate and love in a worldly definition and one that's using it in a biblical definition. So that's just what I wanted to share with you all today. Um, now we're going to have Ron come up and he's going to give us a song before Pastor Gary uh, gives us a sermon on living fully persuaded. Anyway, thank you all, and I hope you have a great rest of your Sunday. Thank you, Charles. are you, Lord. He is a great God, and 
just looking at your faces and your eyes closed, worshiping him and acknowledging that he's a great God, that he loves us so much with a great love. And that's why we come out today to experience his fellowship with him and with each other. And it's just a great time to, to see your faces and to see you worshiping the Lord. You know, we don't get a chance to do that much nowadays. We're kind of locked in our houses and can only go for grocery shopping and essentials. But this is essential, isn't it, to come and be before the Lord. So it's with great excitement and anticipation that I'm going to introduce to you, for those that don't know, Pastor Gary George, who is uh, a man committed to the Word of God. I was talking to his wife yesterday, and she said, as soon as he got saved, he went home and he started memorizing and uh, putting scriptures in his spirit. And he would make her uh, also memorize and recite back the scriptures. And so now he has about 30 years of scriptures, so we're going to hear from him. Let's welcome Pastor Gary George. Give him all credit. Praise the Lord. Good morning. How's everyone doing? Are you excited? All right. Well, you sound a little less excited because I don't think the Dodgers won yesterday, right? So I brought a special ball today so we could pray over it so when Clayton gets up today, he'll throw all strikes. Can we all agree? He'll get everybody. <laughs> okay, who can catch really good? Charles? Here we go. Here's my fastball. Great. We're on target. Glory. <laughs> well, today we're going to talk about being fully persuaded. In order to be fully persuaded, you've got to be convinced of something, right? How many of you are convinced? Convinced that Jesus is Lord and Jesus is coming back. Well, it's evident because you're here today, right? You're here. You're here to what? Here, what thus says the Lord. And so I just want to thank God for your pastors. Give your pastors a big hand because they're doing a great work. And they cannot be encouraged enough because we all need what? Encouragement because of the day and the hour we're living in. So many people are discouraged. They have no song. They have no joy. They have no peace. Because why? They don't know the Prince of Peace. How many of you know the Prince of Peace? Raise your hand. Amen. Now, let me just tell you, when I was young, I would have never imagined myself being a preacher of the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I always tell my, uh, I had a relative just passed away about a month ago. And I always told my, my cousin, I called my cousin, I said, hey, the one thing our parents gave us was Jesus. Can I get an amen? So thank God for the parents. If they don't do everything perfectly right, thank them that they brought you to church. Thank them that they pointed you to Jesus so that you can have the right to eternal life through Jesus Christ. Thank God for parents who have a heart big enough. Now, I think about some parents, they, take, they spend thousands of dollars to send their kids to private schools, and my hat's off to that. But more importantly, how many of them take their children to church? How many of them take time to teach them the eternal word of Almighty God? So for those that are doing it, keep doing it, because the Bible says, Train up a child in the way they should go. When they get old, they'll what? Not depart from it. So we want to be on target. Amen? We want to be focused. We want to be 
doing, we want to be about Luke 2.49. How many of you know what two, Luke 2.49 says? Luke 2.49 simply says, how is it that you look for me? Don't you know I must be about my father's business? Amen? What is our father's business? Well, he came to seek and to save those that were lost. How many of you go about your day and you have opportunities to seek and to save those that are lost? How many of you plant a seed in someone's life saying, hey, Jesus loves you. Jesus died for you. Jesus is coming again. Can I get an amen? All right. Well, we're going to get into the scripture today. I want you to turn to your Bibles and look at Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. In Romans chapter 4, and the title of our message is How to Live a Fully, a fully Persuaded Life as a Believer in Jesus Christ. How many of you are fully persuaded? Say, just say it with me. Say, I am fully persuaded that Jesus Christ is Lord of my life, and I'm going all the way. Amen. Amen. Give yourselves a big hand. Amen. Glory to God. You know, sometimes you have to stop, pause, and say, I'm doing a great job. How many of you just take a bow sometimes? You know, life is hard, and life is challenging. And some people right now, you know, church needs to be looked at as a hospital. Because out of all of us, somebody, somebody might have a headache. We used to have a lady in our church, she had to have brain surgery. I mean, there's degrees of intensity that you're going through and dealing with. So never give up. So we always have to keep encouraging one another in the things of God. You know, so it's a very, very important that we take a bow sometimes and say, wow, I'm, I'm on my journey, but it might be getting tough. But, you know, it's just like you're running a marathon and you're at mile 10 and you say, you know what, I'm going to stop. Look at your neighbor and say, don't stop. Victory is straight ahead. Look at your other neighbor and say, victory is assured. Amen? You have to declare your victories. I'm, I'm coming out with a shout. Amen? I'm sure Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he said, you know what, king? I'm not bowing down. And that's what you have to say. Life is trying to get you to bow down, to, to break you, to destroy you, to stop you. But guess what? You cannot stop. Why? Victory is straight ahead. Sometimes you have to say, you know what, the problems, you know, it's like they said it, it, when they were coming out of the wilderness. They said, listen, the troubles you see today, the enemies you see today, you'll see them no more forever. How many of y'all tell your problems, your problems, I've given you a timeline, you're over. My trouble is over, amen? But guess what? You got to stay emphatic upon the word of God. Let us read and let us look at Romans chapter 4 as we look. Are you there? Romans chapter 4. I'm going to start at verse 17. Father, I thank you for the victory of the word that everyone has an ear to hear. And Lord, let me speak the word clearly and precisely so that the people of God will be edified and built up in Jesus' name, amen. Scripture reads, it says, As it is written, I've made thee a father of many nations, before him whom he believed, even God, who quickens the dead and calls things that be not as though they were, who against hope 
believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, so shall your seed be, and being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. I want to bring out a few things in what I've just read so that you would begin to lock in and you'd begin to say, well, how do I become a full, per, fully persuaded believer in Jesus Christ? I'm tested on my right hand. I'm tested on my left hand. I'm tested behind. I'm tested before. What's my next test? But the thing is, as you are being downloaded with the word of God, your victories are assured. Because the Bible says, thanks be unto God who always gives me the victory. Because that's the written word of God. So Abraham in this situation, it says, wait, you know what? Your situation is way beyond what you, you can do in your own strength. It's going to take God. Tell your neighbor, it's going to take God to do what you need to get done. Amen? See, if you could do it in your own power, there's no need for God. But it's not by our power, but it's by the Spirit of God. Yeah, there's some things that you're going through, but just say, I'm able. I'm able to overcome. Why do I overcome? Simply because the Bible says, we overcome by the blood. Somebody say, by the blood. By the blood. See, you're, you're, see the enemy doesn't want you hearing the Word of God because when you Use the word of God, that's like you're pulling out your, your sword of the spirit. And when you pull out the sword of the spirit, the enemy said, wait a minute, they know what they're doing. See, you're skilled in the word of God. You have to be very skillful, just like Pastor Chuck told you last week. He says, you have to digest 1 Corinthians 13. In other words, you have to know, hey, love is kind. Love is patient. Love is long-suffering. Love does not vaunt itself, is not puffed up, thinks no evil, rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things. It hopes all things. It endures all things. Love never fails. Clap your hands. Amen. That's what the kind of people God is looking for. He's looking for lovers, lovers in him. Now, the Bible says, whosoever keeps the word in him verily, that means, what does verily mean? Verily means verily. But sometimes the Bible says, verily, verily. That's a double verily. That means emphasis, truly, truly. In other words, whoever keeps the word in him, verily or truly, is the love of God perfected. How many of y'all keep the word? Thy word, O Lord, have I hid where? In mi corazón. Say, in my corazón. That's my heart. Amen? So when you hide the word in your heart, when you are squeezed, what comes out? Now, if I had a, a, a banana and I squeezed it and watermelon juice came out, I wouldn't eat that banana. <laughs> That's a GMO banana. <laughs> so uh, all I'm saying is when you are squeezed, let me, bring it, let me bring it down to those fully persuaded believers. When you are squeezed, what comes out? Oh, me, oh, my. 
what comes out? Jesus comes out. Some way, somehow, Jesus better come out. The word, it's how deep is the word in you? So do you, we don't cuss, right? Can I get a witness? We don't cuss. We quote the word, amen? The Bible says, say unto the mountain. It didn't say cuss the mountain out. The Bible says, say unto the mountain. Be removed. Don't tell the mountain to get bigger. My wife, it's good to have a, a helpmate, my wife. For those of you that are married and for those of you that are going to get married, remember your helpmate is there to help you, not to pull you down. So my wife corrects me. It's just like you said, she, I was sharing the word with her and she was sharing the word with me. We correct one another. We don't, l listen, when you are faced with a challenge and you're a fully persuaded believer and you're instructed, see, God is looking for intelligent people. What do I mean by that? People who have the mind of Christ. The Bible says we have the mind of Christ. What does that mean? That means I know what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. Why? Because I'm being instructed. Pastors are so important. Why? Because they are teaching you the ways of God. They're teaching you ways that, you know, my way is higher than your way. And my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. The way of God is the eternal way. The eternal way is the everlasting way. The word of God never returns void. So when you're fully persuaded that Jesus said he'll do what he'll do, then you make your hope and put your trust in God. Don't let life throw you for a, 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 a loss. It's just like, I'm, okay, today is football, right? I see my friend, he's got a Charger foot, uh, football shirt on. Go Chargers. <laughs> I know somebody else said, go Rams, go, go Vikings, go, go uh, Broncos, whatever your team may be. Let me ask you, a lot of people are disappointed their team may have lost. But let me ask you this. How are you doing? Are you winning? Your team might lose. But guess what? Make sure you don't lose. God is going to raise you up to higher and higher and higher victories. You know, I thought of something the other day. As I was coming, I thought about people that are serious about their salvation. People who don't play church. There are people who go to church, but they're going to see what Sister Joyce may be wearing. Our brother Bob, what he may have. Our sister Lucy, what she may be doing. Our, our sister Gossip, how she getting along. We don't come to church to play. We come to church because the Bible says don't forsake yourself for the assembly. Now, I want to just say something to you because, you know, a lot of people, uh, the Bible is very detailed, very detailed. And God says a lot of people are just half-heartedly doing what I'm telling them to do. As Charles, you were talking about, God is a God who, you know what, he, he, don't let you get away with just doing anything. We used to call it, Pastor Chuck, what do we call it? We used to call it sloppy agape. All right. How many of you never heard of that term? Let me see your hand. Sloppy agape, just anything to go. You know, just, oh, well, I love God, but 
they, 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 on, on Sunday they're doing one thing, but on Monday it's a whole different story. Now, I grew up as Catholic. Ain't got any Catholic uh, believers out there or who grew up Catholic? Let me tell you, what you would do is, okay, you go to confession on Saturday and go to communion on Sunday, but when Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday came along, hey, it was all, let it all hang out. But I'd go back to confession. Father, forgive me of my sins. I've sinned. Okay, 10 Hail Mary, 10 Our Fathers. But let me tell you, when I got saved, I went to con con confession on Saturday. It was the Saturday before Christmas. So you know everybody was in line to get confession so they can get communion on Christmas morning. But I was in confession for probably about 30 minutes. Somebody say, what? That's unheard of. My mom was, my, so my mom was there when my wife was there. It was all new to my wife because she was AME. Uh, and so my mom was asking my wife, why is he in confession so long? Did he kill somebody? <laughs> well, let me tell you, I talked more to the priest than he talked to me. I told him, I just gave my life to Jesus. What did I do? He, you know what he told me? The only words he told me was, guess what? Besides going after um, praying, he says, go 10 Hail Marys, 10 Our Fathers. Okay. Apostle Creed and all the other stuff he didn't tell me. But, but the thing is, he said, just don't become a fanatic. I'm scratching my head. And guess what? I became a fanatic. How many of y'all become a fanatic? I am fanatic about Jesus. Glory to God. How many of you are, are, are super hyped about Jesus? I am because guess what? I know what's coming. Glory to God. I know when I stand before God, he'll say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Glory to God. That's why I pat myself on the back sometimes because, hey, you know what? It's not me. It's God in me, and I'm glad about it. You have to be glad about what God is doing for you, with you, through you, in you, and because the devil knows the vic that you've got the gift, just say, I got the gift. See, if you didn't have the gift, you wouldn't be, uh, you, he wouldn't be attacking you so heavily. You say, wait a minute. The intensity of the trial determines the greatness of the glory. Now, Charles, you asked me what were some of the things I did in high school, but I became a high jumper in high school, and I became the NCAA uh, champion in, back in 1978. Woo! <laughs> That's my victory. You know, but you never know. So, young people, you never know what God is going to do in you and how he's going to elevate you. But the Bible says, if you are faithful over few things, he'll make you ruler over much. Be faithful. Be faithful if you're, you're sharing the gospel, if you're encouraging people, the young people, the young college students. If you, are, if you have a ministry, Pastor Chuck, when we started in church, was I faithful on the door as an usher? Was I faithful as a, a counselor? Was I faithful as an elder? So ask yourself, are you faithful? Say, this is a qualification. If you're a fully persuaded believer, 
you're going to trust God and you're going to say, you know what, I'm hoping against hope. It doesn't look like things are going to get better. My home, my finances, my children, my, my job, it doesn't look like it's going to get better. But how many of you have a hope? If you have a hope, the Bible says Abraham hoped against hope. That was his down payment. So if you have a hope, I, I can't imagine, you know, I, I asked my wife the other day, I said, after 40 years of marriage, do you ever imagine you would be where you are doing what you're doing? And she said, no. In other words, God has been so good to us that we just say, Lord, we got to lift our hands and say, thank you, Jesus. For some of you that say, well, I don't know if we'll ever get past these bills. I don't know if we'll ever get past this double negativized loan that we are paying. We well, you know, we had a house payment, and instead of the price going down, it was going up. How did we get that loan? And then we had our PMI insurance. And I say, how are we going to get past that? Just say, God is able. God is going to increase me. So all the years of tithing, it pays off. Some people are saying, well, I'm, I'm, it's a tug of war. I'm not sure that I should give a tenth of my earnings to, to the church. Just say, trust God. If it's in the book, do it. Just tell your neighbor, say, if it's in the book, do it. That's a fully persuaded believer. God, what did the Bible say? God is not a man that he should what? Lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said and shall he not do it? Hath he spoken it and shall he not make it good? Now, if you're taken off to another level and you're ready to do great things for God, Daniel 11.32, if you're writing scripture down, say Daniel 11.32 gives you the encouragement. It says, and they that know their God. How many of you walk with God long enough and strong enough to see that God is going to do some things in your life? I've seen some miracles that is like, well, I'm convinced. I'm not turning around. I'm not backing up. I'm not slowing up. I'm not letting up. I'm not giving up. I'm not shutting up, but I'm rising up, I'm reaching up, I'm praying up, I'm standing up because God is the one that's high and lifted up. Can I get an amen? How many of God is doing things in your life to say, wow, this is amazing. I remember when I got saved and I say, wait a minute, I've been high before, but not this kind of high. I've been loaded before, but not this kind of loaded. I've been strung out before, but not like this. But when I said, Jesus, Charles, you asked me about my wife. My wife, when we got together, I told you, she said, are you saved? I said, no, but my friend is. Does that qualify me and you to go out on a date? And so it was good enough. And so the thing about it is that God will use people to come your way. And she prayed with me time. Now, for those that are struggling in their relationship, my wife prayed every time we got together. Have you received Jesus? Yeah, okay, let's pray again. It didn't work. Let's pray again. Let's pray again. I don't know how many times she led me to the Lord, but it didn't work. It was like, wait a minute, these shoes don't fit right. This prayer is not working. But she prayed and prayed. But one time she says, you know what? I can see where this is going. Now, some of you got to see where you're going. You got to see what, what, what the road is looking like. 
and it was looking kind of rocky. And, I mean, the relationship was up one day, down the next, in and out. She says, you know what, I had enough of this. You're, you're, not, you're, you're like flaky Jake, you know. You're just not, you're not right. And so she said, you know, I had enough of you. See you later. Take me home. And she told me, look, you've got it all wrong. You've got to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And I said, I'm taking you home. I don't want to hear the Bible quoted to me. But do you know that was the best thing she's ever done? Because when she did that, I could not sleep all night. I woke up the next morning, called her up. I say, hey, wherever I got to go, I want to get saved. You know, I got saved that next day, and I've been saved ever since. Hallelujah. So let me tell you, never give up on the word. If God puts a word in your mouth, speak that word. Speak it with power. Speak it with authority because it's God speaking. And God's word never returns void. That's why when you're squeezed in life, just declare, Lord, by your stripes I'm healed. Some of you are dealing with healing issues. And we, we have to declare emphatically, the Lord is my healer. He said he sent his word and healed them. That's why I'm fully persuaded because I've seen God heal me time and time again. Because guess what? The enemy said, shoot at him with a fiery arrow, the fiery dart. What does the Bible say? Take the shield of faith and it will what? Quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. We are not playing. If you're playing, you're not staying. But if you're strong, you're going to last long. The Bible said be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Abraham was fully persuaded. He was so fully persuaded he didn't stagger. God, if you said I'm going to be a father of many nations, then that's where my that, that's my determination. That is my destination. You have to say, what has God said to me? I'm more than a conqueror. Well, stand on that. Act like a conqueror. Don't be falling down and rolling around and around. Don't say to the mountain, get bigger. Don't say to the fire, burn me up. No, we're speaking. The mountains are going to move. My children are going to get saved. All the promises of God. I'm standing upon the promises of God. And God is going to get ready to use you in greater and greater and greater and greater and greater and greater ways. Why? Because you signed up. You're enlisted. Say, I'm enlisted. Yeah, I'm going all the way. The Bible says, he who endures to the end shall be saved. In other words, you can't just go, well, I, I ran half a mile. No, the race is, is a mile. You got to go all the way, whatever the distance that God has called you. Be excited. You know, I'm so glad God saved me. God could have called you to be the president. God could have called you to be a governor. God could have called you to be a principal. Whatever your calling may be, know this. There's no higher calling than as a child of God, as a, a man or woman of God. This is the highest, highest of high calling that God has called us. The Bible says because he set his love upon us, he will be with us. Now listen, 
When you're going through, you say, well, I don't feel love. It's not about feelings. So many people are hijacked by feelings. I don't feel this. I don't feel that. I woke up this morning. I said, I feel tired. My wife says, say it again. You have a chance of becoming a prophet. You get it? <laughs> you know, that's, that's prophecy in the negative. So the, the, the more wrong you say, well, things are looking bad. Keep saying it. Things are looking bleak. Things are looking terrible. You know what? The Bible says call things that be not as though they were. That's what Abraham. If you're going to learn from the father of faith, Abraham, you got to learn the word of God in such a way, hey, I'm calling things that be not as though they were. That's like, okay, they say don't name it and claim it. We're not naming and claiming. We're just doing what the Bible teaches us to do, correct? We are, we are, we are disciples of Christ. What the Word says, we say. Now, the Scripture simply says in Romans chapter 4, verse number 3, it says, let God be true. Say it with me. Say, let God, let God, let God be true. All right? So you say, God going to be true anyways. But guess what? It takes your harmony and your symphony and your accord to harmonize with heaven so that earth will simulate, will align with your words, with the word of God, so that you, when you are judged, you will overcome. Look at it, Romans chapter 4, verse 3, when you get a chance. I want to overcome. I'm in it to win it because Jesus Christ, when he bled, hung, and died, and, and shed his blood for me, I took it personal. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, you know, like, well, take it for granted. Remember I said sloppy agape? That means, I mean, it's like children. Children take for granted what their parents do for them. Their parents are working hard and hard and hard and giving them this. You know, I have five sons. And every, every few months, our, our sons, when they were growing, their feet were getting bigger. So we had to buy more shoes. And we couldn't buy just any shoes. And so I had to work a lot. But see, kids sometimes... Well, that's my mom. They're supposed to do that for me. Come on. Let's, let's give the parents a big hand. Come on, parents. You're doing a great job. For those of you going to be parents, keep it up. Keep, your, keep hope alive. Keep your joy alive because guess what? All the things that you are doing, all the food that you're feeding your kids is for a purpose. It's for a reason because God has got a plan for each and every one of our lives. So as Abraham was doing what he did, and he staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith. See, a lot of times people are wondering, why am I missing it? Why am I going through when I should be overcoming by now? You know, I, as a kid, I flunked the first grade. They kept you back. They didn't just automatically pass you like in today's day. Oh, well, you, you have enough. You, we'll just pass you through. There are people going through school. My wife says, I'm tired of spending tax initiative on schools. I'm sorry, teachers, but, but what are they doing with the money we give them already? These people should be intelligent. They should be going higher. But guess what? They're pushing people through uneducated. Why? You know, because, you know, I, I know a lot of times the students don't want to learn. But, but you have to make it in such a way that they're hungering and thirsting to be educated, we have to be hungry and thirsting after righteousness that we might be filled. 
Now, the Bible says he, did, he was strong in faith. So the antidote to some of your questions today, why am I going through over and over again? Why am I not being promoted? What, the Bible says promotion doesn't come from the east nor the west. God raises up one. He brings out another. But God is about to promote. Just say, I'm getting ready for promotion. Just say it. I'm ready for promotion. Lord, what do you have next for me to do? What great things will you use me for, Lord? And so one of the things that you have to realize that Abraham was strong in faith. He didn't stagger. But the Bible says, how do you, faith comes what? By hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hearing. Say it. Pastor Chuck, you made an emphasis. I, I want to make sure that 1 Corinthians 13 is in my heart. And when it's in my heart, it'll be it'll reflect in my life. And when it reflects in my life, I'll say, oh, yeah, I see it in you. And, you know, it's like that old song we say, I feel him in my hands. I feel him in my feet. I feel him all over me. That's the thing. I, I, we need a feeling that comes from God and God alone. And so God will inspire you. When the Spirit of, what's that other song? When the Spirit of the Lord come on me, I will dance like David dance. Amen. How many of you dance for the Lord? Amen. Amen. Get a, get a praise song and dance for the Lord. Amen. Jump for the Lord. Shout for the Lord. We need to be God's biggest cheerleaders. Why? Because we're the ones that God's heaven is celebrating. Heaven is all about, hey, God's giving you angels charge over you. Now, let me tell you why you have to be fully persuaded. And why do you have to come to church week after week? The Bible says what? Don't forsake yourself for the assembly. Give yourselves a hand for assembling. Amen? Give yourselves a hand for assembling. Pastor, for just a situation where you say, you know what? We're going to be socially distanced, but we're still having church. Glory to God. New hearts having church up in here. Glory to God. Making noise in the community. Glory to God. And singing songs and worship. And it's going into these houses nearby. But guess what? As you're coming to church, remember I said something. Give attention to details. Charles, you're an attorney. If you don't give t attention to uh, uh, details, you can lose a case. In a lot of cases, a one and loss, you know, details. Oh, you forgot this one little increment of evidence. You are giving evidence today through the gospel so that tomorrow when you are faced with a Goliath, or when you're faced with a Daniel's Den situation, or when you're faced with your get ready to cross the Red Sea, you are ready. Just say, I'm ready. See, so you have to be ready. But for those that don't tune in or, or, or study to show themselves approved or, or don't give themselves to hearing the voice of God, they're wondering, why am I being sifted? Selah, stop. Pause, think about it. Do a forensic moment. Why did I lose my last battle? Why did I have to back up because I messed up? But guess what? When you take the word of God, the Bible says line must be upon line. Precept must be upon precept. Say, say Pastor, what does that mean? That means you have to be on point. In other words, when it comes to your marriage, husband, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church. 
Children, obey your parents in the Lord. All right? It means when it says, let those that steal, steal no more. Oh, really? Wow. <laughs> be not drunk with wine. Where it is excess, be, be filled with spirit. In other words, you're giving attention to details. In other words, God is saying, I'm ready to take you to another level. I'm ready to open doors that no man can shut. And I'm shutting doors that no man can open. Are you ready? Are you looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and has set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Keep looking unto Jesus. You will be fully persuaded. Now, let me tell you one story. I got a lot of stories, but let me tell you this story. If I had not been ready, if I had not been built up, if I had not been listening to my pastor, if I had not been studying to show myself approved, when it came to a situation, one day my mom, she passed away. She was 91. But I took her from the hospital home because they let her out after being in the hospital for about two weeks. I said, oh, mom, you get to go home. But listen, the most frightening situation happened. As soon as I got through the door, my mom says, home. and what happened was she fell out as I got her right through the door and fell out in the a, in a hallway. And guess what? A pool of blood is like about this big came out of her body. Her eyes rolled back, and I was terrified. Had I not been filled with the Spirit of God, I began to pray, Lord, heal her. Lord, raise her up. Obviously, she looked dead to me. I called 911, they came and got her, and I prayed, I laid hands on her, but I was like, whoa, there's nothing like I've ever seen before. You never, never, never know when God is going to do something mighty in you. See, if you're not fully persuaded, you're not laying hands on the sick. Pastor Chuck, come help. <laughs> That's all right. The Bible says call for the elders and pray for them, anointing them with oil. So you're, you're on the word. But God says you are deputized. You are anointed. And so that's why I say give attention to details. I'm not playing. Just say I'm not playing. I don't believe you. <laughs> it's not for me to believe you. It's for you to believe you. Amen. Believe the word of God. Be, the Bible says the righteous are as bold as a lion. How many of y'all got a roar? Roar. Not roaring at one another, <laughs> roaring at the enemy. Amen. So when you rise up in the morning, begin to declare, thanks be unto God who always gives me the victory. Ron, you know that song? Thanks be to God who always causes me to triumph in Christ. Okay, my wife's out there. She said, stop singing. But the point, point is, get victorious songs. Get triumphant songs. You know, don't get so. Uh, of sitting at the dock of the bay, letting time roll away. No, that's not us. That was B.C. Tell your neighbor, said that was B.C. What's B.C.? How many don't know what B.C. means? Huh? Before Christ, before we got saved, glory to God. Now we live in what? A.D., right? 
after death. So get ready. God wants you to be fully persuaded. If I had not been fully persuaded, I would have fainted. I would have given up. I would have, I would have like the scripture said, Abraham staggered not. Say stagger not. Stagger not. What does it mean to stagger? Whoa, I'm paralyzed. Remember that song, Ron? Paralyzed, paralyzed. Satan lost the battle. Jesus won the fight. The enemy has been conquered, restoring every right. Satan is paralyzed. See, he wants to paralyze a believer. But believers, they went like Paul is high. Break, break the chains, amen. Round about midnight, they were in jail. They were singing songs. They were shouting glory to God. Sometimes, wait, don't, there's a song that says, don't wait till the battle's over. What do you do? Shout now. Let, let's do a big shout. Shout glory. So one, two, three. Glory. All right. That's pretty good. Practice. Keep going home. Say it again. Say glory. One more time. Say glory. All right. I think he's convinced. I think you're convinced. See, you got to break the chains. You've got to. There you go. Hallelujah. We got to shout glory because the more you shout for glory, the more glory. What you shout about, you bring about. Say it again. What you shout about, you bring about. Say it again. Say what I shout about, I bring about. I'm fully persuaded. I'm anointed by God. I'm blessed by God. I'm victorious by God. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Give yourselves a hand. All right. Well, I'm almost finished, and um, I got a couple of things to tell you. I got a lot of things to tell you, but we'd be here to midnight, but my wife would say, come on. Ah. Anyway, so the point, you know, my wife, she was invited. If you have, my, my wife was invited to a church to preach. She preached for two hours. The police showed up. <laughs> Don't tell her I told you. She probably can hear you back there. But <coughs> that's all right. When you're having a good time in the Lord, you, the time is of no essence. Let me tell you, this is, this is quality time. This is precious time. This is eternal time. The Bible says redeeming the time. When you are come aside to hear God, God is going to multiply the time you're spending. Did you know that? God is going to increase you in ways you never imagined. The Bible says the secret of the Lord is with those that fear him. Now, I want you to just take a moment right now. What do you believe in God for? My wife wrote a song that says, there's some things I've been believing for that have not yet appeared. But I know in my heart, Jesus really loves me. Some of you are at a point of breaking. But just break out with a song. God is your rescuer. God is your redeemer. God is the lover of your soul. Some of you are going through jobalization. What do you mean by that, Pastor? You're, you're going through a test that like no other test you've ever been tested like. But guess what? With your test comes your promotion. With your test comes your breakthrough. With your test comes your miracle. Now, I can tell you I've seen miracle after miracle after miracle 
because of Nahum 1.7. Nahum 1.7. If you're going to write down the scripture, write that one down, memorize that one. Nahum 1.7 simply says, the Lord is good. Say it with me. Say, the Lord, my God, is good. Good. I mean, real good. Like my cooking. No, I'm just kidding. He's good. He's a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knows those that are trusting him. God knows you're trusting. God knows you're trusting. You're trusting. You're trusting. You're trusting. You're trusting him. Guess what? He's not going to let you down. Look at your neighbor and say, he's not going to let you down. He's going to give you a breakthrough. One name for God is Bel Perazine. That means he's the God of breakthrough. Glory to God. And you have to declare the covenant name. That's how I believe in God. So as today, as you're fully persuaded and you're, you're, you're taking your, your, le- your game up to another level and you're, you're, you're believing God for greater things, don't underestimate God. Abraham believed and he received his miracle. He received his Isaac. And so he believed. He became a father of many nations. Sometimes you might need to change your name. Your name might have been Lowdown. Your name might have been Breakdown. Your name might have been something. You know, you had a bad name or, you know, I, I ran into some people who say, oh, that's underground. I said, what? This guy I knew. He says, you know, when you come into Christ, you get a new name. That's why the Bible says he's going to give you a new name. So call one another better name. Call your children. Don't call them Pookie and don't call them. <laughs> call them child of the most high God, children of the most high. Amen. Call something that they can aim at. Not aim low, but aim high. You know, it's like, was it Gideon? He said, hey, mighty man of valor. He said, what? Not me? Yeah. Call. Aim high. God's got great plans for you and for me. How many are excited about what God is doing in your life? How many are just truly, I'm excited. God, what's next? I'm ready to go to another level. Because why? Some people say, well, I'm about to retire. Not in God, you're not. You're going to fire up. Glory to God. Now, I'm going to close with this as you're fully persuaded. And I hope I've encouraged you because, you know, God is for you. The Bible says if God be for you, who can be against you? All right? Some of you feel like, well, circumstances, life is against me. But God is for you. God is your way maker. God is your yoke breaker. God is your peace in the midst of the storm. God is your everything. He's your Adonai. He's your El Shaddai. Amen. He's your Jehovah Rapha. He's your Jehovah Nisi. He's your Jehovah Shammah. He's your Jehovah Shalom. He's your Jehovah Siskenu. If you don't know what that is, ask Pastor Chuck and he'll give you an interpretation. Uh, Look in your Bible, right? Study to show yourself approved unto God. That is what I have for you today. Are you excited? All right, we're going to pray. We're going to pray that God does miracles in your life. Right now, you've come with a, with a reason. You've come for a purpose. Some of you, like I said, you might have a headache. Some of you might be fa- facing the biggest challenges you've ever faced in your life. Just say, God is able. The God I trust, the God I know, he's able. God is going to do miracles. He's the same yesterday, 
today and forever. Some of you are carrying worry. Just say, I let that go. You know, fear, I let that go. Anxiety, I let that go. Doubt, I let that go. Frustration, sin, I let that go. Sin is like a credit card. You charge it, it's coming back. The bill is going to be due. So cancel out your debts. Repent. The Bible says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There's a cleansing going on right now. There's a healing going on right now. There's a deliverance going on right now. And according to your faith, so be it. Jesus says, do you believe I'm able to do this? So as you close your eyes and you look at Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith, God is reaching through these airwaves, through this Internet. He says, I hear your prayer, daughter. I hear your prayer, my son. I hear your prayer, my child. I hear your prayer. You might be in prison. You might be in a situation. You might be in, in the hospital. But God is a God who will walk through walls to get to you. You're hearing what you're hearing because, as I said, God's got wonderful plans for you. It may not look so wonderful now. Your mess will become your message. Your mess will become your miracle. Why? Like the woman who said, but if I could touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. God is about to release and pour out greater anointing upon lives. Why? Because these are the last days. Pray with me if you will. Pray with me. Just say, Heavenly Father, hear my prayer. Hear my prayer, Lord. I need your help. I need your deliverance. I need your healing. I need your forgiveness. But most of all, I need your love. Love me, Lord, out of my trouble, out of my dilemma, out of my confusion, out of myself. Thank you, Lord. I confess Jesus Christ, Lord. God, Savior, ruler of my life, and lover of my soul, I commit my life to you in Jesus' name. Use me, Lord. Anoint me with the Holy Ghost and power so that I can go about doing good and healing all that are oppressed of the devil. In the name of Jesus, I'm on the word because the word is in me, let me be a doer of the word and not just a hearer. In Jesus' name, well, shout hallelujah. You know, he preaches long enough to where you become fully persuaded. You know, just when you wanted to give up and say, okay, that's enough, I got it. No, no, there's more. <laughs> He wants to go deep down into your soul. Amen. Now, if your wife can preach two hours, I don't know how long you could probably preach. Don't tell her you say <laughs> it's on tape. I'm, we're going to roll that back. But how many of you are thoroughly convinced today that God is on your side? He's going to give you the victory. He's going to bring those things that you're believing for to come to pass. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm convinced. And if you need more. It's going to be on Facebook and YouTube. Just play it again. If you start getting down, I need some more encouragement. you got about a 
half hour, 45 minutes of Pastor Gary speaking to you by the word of God. Amen. Now, if you don't know the Lord, you say, you know, I, I, I want all those promises. I'd like to be the family of God. And you haven't done that for you that are at home. I'm going to lead you in a, in a prayer. And it's called the winner's prayer. Some people call it the sinner's prayer, but it's the winner's prayer. In other words, you win when you accept the Lord. So repeat after me as we pray. Say, Father God, I thank you for Jesus. He loved me with an everlasting love. He loved me when I wasn't loving him. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Be Lord of my life. Come and dwell with me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You might say, you know, I did that prayer a while back, but for somehow I've been slipping. Pastor Gary's been telling me some things, and I need to up my faith. I need to up my commitment to the Lord. If that's you, let's pray this prayer with them. Say, Father God, renew my strength. Renew my faith in you, Lord. Give me the spirit of faith so that I can believe you, be dedicated to you, committed to your word, and I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you need prayer for anything, any other thing, there's a, uh, a website that we're going to put up for healing or, or personal situations. Or you can come on Tuesday and Thursday between 10 and 2. Sister Gina came. She said, my foot's bothering me. I, I need, I'm, going, I'm going to the church to get healed. And praise God, God was here. And she got healed and she went home and was able to uh, tell, tell everyone God is good. So if you need prayer for healing or any personal situations, there's a phone number at the the bottom of the screen here, uh, Brother Ron's going to send us home with, a, with a, a, a song of praise. So let's just rejoice in the Lord right now. Lift your hands up and just lift your hearts and say, Lord, I love you. Lord, I need you. Lord, be my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. to wine open the eyes of the blind there's no one like you no one like you into the darkness you shine out of the ashes we rise there's no one like you no is greater our God is high God you are higher than any other our God's a healer awesome in power our God our God that's right alright into the darkness you shine
Sunday, everybody. Thanks for being here.